Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hi guys, Sensei James Leonelli here to talk to you about another one of our sponsors, LMNT, an electrolyte drink mix. Each one of these little packets gives you exactly what you need to keep you as hydrated as all us athletes like to be. If you're like me, you work out a lot, and when you work out a lot, you also sweat a lot. Now, when we sweat, we don't lose just water, of course. We also sweat out salt. We sweat out electrolytes. So each one of these packets contains 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, giving you everything that you need in order to maintain optimal hydration and nothing that you don't. So to go online, place an order for your sample pack, and to get yourself a bonus free sample pack, you're going to go to this website right here, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. You're going to see this down in the video below, but I'll say it one more time for you, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. Again, it's a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing that you don't. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought. As you can see, I'm living, wearing a little more of the Everyday We Train line. Uh, what you can see is I'm wearing uh, the off-the-mat uh, sweatpants. I forget what they call this color. 
Uh, there's the at ease sweatpants, are the white ones, I believe, and I'm wearing the, the bluish color that they have a cool name for that I have forgotten. But again, you can view both collections on tiegear.com. Uh, so check them out, get them. They're, everything's super comfortable, as always. Uh, now, as I sit here, it is just days removed from Challenge of Champions 52, our biannual Tiger Shulman's tournament. So I talked about it quite a bit last week and you know why I thought it was a valuable experience and, and so forth. And now I kind of want to recap the idea a little bit because I had a unique experience this time, for me anyway, uh, when it comes to the tournament. So... Um, Obviously, you guys know I have Kai and Riley here, my, my niece and nephew here with me, and I had them competing. Um, this was the first time they really got to like live in the house, live in the house before they competed. Kai did the one at uh, the last tournament back in June, but he was here for about uh, a little over a week before doing the tournament. So he was about nine days in the house. And um, it was his request that he did it. And, you know, he didn't train all that much for it. And there wasn't the huge buildup for it and so forth. Uh, our bigger concern was keeping him under, uh, you know, the allotted weight limit for him. And uh, we ran into a similar issue. And that was an issue this time, but a similar concern this time. Uh, but this is the first time that I've ever had, you know, children that I'm, you know, playing, uh, that I'm raising, for lack of a better word, uh, doing the tournament in the house you know my brother was when i was talking about this last night my brother was busting my chops he's like what about me and i was like yeah well last time we lived together you were 14 years old it was a little bit different um <laughs> you know he, he didn't really do the tournament all that much when he was 10 11 12 and even then um my my brother is different than than uh than, than kids that that for lack of a better word i'm raising so uh nonetheless uh it was a different experience. I haven't had this experience yet. And definitely different, for sure. Big time different in how these kids, uh, in how it was on the other end of the spectrum. Obviously, I knew all of the, the things that could go right and all the things that could go wrong in the tournament. I knew all the things we had to be on top of and aware of. You know, I was pretty diligent about staying on top of what they were weighing. Not that either kid is putting on a tremendous amount of weight, you know, all the time or anything. Uh, but, you know, Kai was right at the top of his weight class, so we just wanted to make sure we kept him under the, the limit. You know, he, he had gained a significant amount of weight since the last tournament, which is good. He's a boy, he's growing. But I wanted to make sure that he didn't exceed his limit, and we had the headache of trying to move him from one division to the next. And, um, you know, he it's funny, because of his concern last time, he was extra diligent this time. He was very, like, on top of himself, you know, making sure that, you know, he wasn't eating too much junk food, that, you know, he was eating smaller meals and this kind of stuff. And um, even talking about, like, you know, bundling himself up or getting the little sauna tent that we have so that he could, you know, sweat out just, just to make sure he had as much comfort weight as he could. And he weighed in after eating breakfast, like a pound and a half under the limit. He was, he, he did great in that regard. Um, and I'll talk about Kai's tournament experience first because it was a sophomore experience for him. And, um, you know, much different than his sister. So Kai, 11 years old now, uh, still in the beginner division. And he was, you know, I, I always look to see what rings, you know, at least now, what ring my kids, the kids I'm raising, Kai and Riley, what, what kit ring they're going to be in, who's, who they're going to be with staff-wise and so forth. And, you know, it gave me real comfort to see who they were with. Um, but nonetheless, um, so Kai, 
he shows up and it's funny. I, you know, I wanted to talk to both him and Riley on Friday and have a conversation with both of them about, you know, how to win strategy, thought process, what was important to me and what wasn't, you know, the idea that the, um, the idea that winning was not the most important thing to me, that they conquered their fear for that day, that they went out and performed to the best of their ability. You know, that's, that's what matters. That's what matters to me far more than anything else. So understanding that concept for them, making sure they understand the rules and how to win and so forth. Um, and that was, that was a really important idea for me. I really wanted, wanted to, to do that. And it was funny, my conversation was Kai, with Kai was kind of like, yeah, I know how to win. I'm just going to do this and this and this and this. I know. Like, he almost had like disdain in the fact that I was even trying to have the conversation with him. Uh, and I think his much bigger concern was just staying on weight. And he weighed in, felt good about it. It's, you know, it's in breakfast. Um, and he had a little bit longer to, uh, to wait to compete. Riley got to compete before he did. Um, but it was nice. Uh, my father-in-law, their grandfather came out and, uh, and watched, watched the tournament, which was a very nice experience for them as well. It was just really awesome. Um, Kai got to go out and grapple, and he did really well, uh, really, really well. You know, his first two opponents, he, he beat significantly to the, you know, uh, he, he, you know, beat them very handedly to the point where he was kind of showboating a little bit in the second match. He was kind of, uh, you know, looking over at us, smiling, giving us a little, little, little shaka, uh, like, oh, I got this. And, you know, really just doing a very good job. Um, it's funny, I, <laughs> I did scold him a little bit between matches. I was like, did I really see you grab that kid in a headlock? Don't we talk? constantly about how it's the worst takedown how there's so many other takedowns that you're so much better at and you went for a headlock <laughs> but he did do some really good takedowns and some really good control just overall he did uh and controlled the kids well and he learned a valuable lesson you know he was the tallest kid in his division just by his build and he was with the kid in the the semi-final match of the final four and at this point he'd won two matches very handedly so he was like kind of feeling himself a little bit and feeling a little, you know, on top of things and feeling a little like, you know, oh, this is, this is, you know, my tournament to lose. So he got a little arrogant and he started to stick his leg out and stick his, turn his back a little to his opponent. Like, go ahead, try, try. And his opponent did. <laughs> and uh, he wound up having to play the oh no, oh no, oh no game to try to get the kid off him. And the kid wound up taking him down and the whole match transpired and Kai was able um, I don't remember, I don't recall the score exactly, but I do remember the Kai only lost by one point. And it was one that like, you know, the kid was doing a good job of keeping Kai from getting back up to his feet, uh, when Kai was trying to, and really just kind of shut him down once he had him on the floor. And it's a match that I think if Kai hadn't have been so arrogant about, he probably could have won. Um, I think he's much better in terms of grappling on top than he is on bottom. So nonetheless, learns an important lesson, goes out in the third place match wins handedly uh you know not didn't take any chances this time and he was frustrated when he got the third place medal he got it he was kind of like mm, like you know <clears throat> he, he he was upset with himself and thought he didn't do well because he took the th third place and i said to him i was like listen man that i'm like look at that third place medal every day because that third place medal is a lesson to take everybody seriously doesn't matter if they're smaller bigger you know if they're your opponent take them seriously and you know do what you can to make sure you beat them and you beat them handedly and, you know, he begrudgingly listened and then he got the, the opportunity to kickbox. And again, he was in ring with a ring run by more staff that I was very comfortable having him in the ring with. And 
he came out and his opponent in first first match he was again significantly taller than Bakai so tall and so skinny that the other kid definitely weighed the same as him or very close to it anyway uh, there was very much obviously the opposite ends of the height spectrum in this weight class and um Kai, you can see a little nervous because the first last tournament he didn't win a single kickboxing match. And this time uh, he goes out and he wins the match. And he's, he's doing exactly the things we had practiced on Friday. He had really uh, took take the advice that I, that I gave him and he took it to heart. And he landed a couple of good leg kicks and he you know made the kid get to the point where the kid wanted to quit. But the uh, staff encouraged him to finish and Kai was really cool and you know helped him finish the match without without hurting him. And... uh Bit of a long wait because it was a big division for Kai's next match. And the next match, he, he got outworked. And the other kid came out very aggressive, pushed Kai back quite a bit. And Kai didn't really offer too, too much resistance. I'm not sure if, you know, the adrenaline had worn off at that point or what. But uh, even though he did a good job and he was throwing back at points, you could see he was far less aggressive than the second match. And maybe it was a little intimidation. Maybe it was a little nerves. Maybe it was a little fatigue. Or maybe it was just that he was... You know, learning some lessons there about how to deal with pressure. So either way, performed well, went out there, faced the fear, left him out with a big smile on his face, and all was good. But like I said, he was so confident. He was so calm going in. And I was talking to one of the fathers in my school who just passed his instructor test. And we were discussing the value of getting kids in there and competing early and showing how like Kai had like no fear really of competition. You know, like he was very okay with being out and on the mat and under the lights and everybody looking at him. And, you know, he was very, very confident there, very confident. Uh, and it showed. It showed his comfort w was very obvious in how well that he performed. Because, like I said, he did perform very, very well. You know, he the, of course, you're always going to learn something from competition because you're out of your comfort zone. You're always going to learn what skills you can tighten up and so forth. So he'll, he'll go back, we'll watch these videos, and he'll learn from them, which is perfect. Then, uh, in terms of Riley, Riley, the exact opposite experience. So Riley, for the past couple of weeks, had been telling me, you know, we'd talk about the tournament and, and so forth. And half the conversation, she was excited. The other half, not so excited. And on Friday, she was telling me, unsign me up for the tournament. Unsign me up. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Unsign me up. And finally, I got out of her. Why? I don't want to do it. Well, why? I'm, I'm scared. Good. Good. That's why we do the tournament. We're scared. So she and I had this great conversation, much different than Kai and I. Um, because, like I said, he was very confident going into the tournament. He was not feeling like he didn't know what to do or he wasn't super afraid of the situation or so forth. He was, like, very much ready and ready to go. So uh, with Riley, we had to conquer this obstacle. So she and I had this wonderful conversation. And... Um, uh, what, what I explained to her is everybody is going to be afraid that day. There'll be people who say that they aren't afraid, but everybody's afraid. And the reality is some people in the world, they let fear be the boss of their whole life. They let fear make decisions for them. They let fear decide whether they're going to take chances or not. They let fear dictate so many of the things they do and more importantly, don't do in their life. There are chances they don't take. There are questions they don't ask. There are things that they don't do simply because they're afraid. And that fear can keep someone back, can keep someone down, and can keep someone from ever accomplishing the things that they want to. And I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about adults, too. There are plenty of adults who let fear run their 
lives. So I explained to Riley, I said, listen, Riley, and I explained all that to her. And I said, listen, you, you have a choice tomorrow. You know, like fear is going to be there. Everybody's going to be afraid. I'm not saying you won't be afraid. You will definitely be afraid. You're supposed to be afraid. But we have a chance to learn. And we have a chance to learn how to deal with fear. How we, how we can make it so that that fear isn't a problem. Because some people, they let fear be the boss of their whole lives. And fear controls what they do because they let fear be the boss. But Riley, do you like it when somebody else is the boss? Or do you like to be the boss? And she put a big old smile on her face. She goes, I like to be the boss. I said, exactly. So who's going to be the boss tomorrow? You or fear? She goes, me. I'm going to be the boss of fear. I'm going to be the boss of fear. And it became like a mantra we were saying all weekend long. You know, I would, I would walk over to her before she'd compete and I would, I would make her say it. Or, um, you know, that, as I was putting her to bed, kiss her on the forehead, and be like, all right, Riley, who's going to be the boss of fear on, who's going to be the boss on Sunday? I'm going to be the boss of fear. And she came in, and even in the car, I could tell that she was a little nervous, just a little. But then we got in there, and she sees people she knows, and she's laughy and happy and smiley. And she was competing very early on in the day. And she went out, and she was one of my, one of my best friends, Sensei Mike Stein, who's been on the podcast before he was a referee. And she's spent time with him. We went to Adventureland together and stuff like that. And she knows him well. So she goes out with him as the referee to do the little huddle chat. And she's talking to him. She's listening to him talk. And you can see the smile on her face. She was very relaxed. And she was the only young lady in this division of boys and girls. It was boys and her, basically. And um, it was funny because I wanted to see how was she going to handle the pressure, like, you know, it's one thing to get there, but what's going to happen in that moment when they get hand to hand, when they start touching each other? And sure enough, she gets called out in the middle of the range. She's fairly early on in the bracket and they call her and they tell her go. And right away, she gets in a little wrestling stance. She gets her hands on the, on the person. And we practiced a couple of things at home, not too, too much. I mean, I kept telling her, it became a bit of a running joke leading into the tournament where I would look at her like, oh no, oh no. She'd be like, what? I'm like, I know you're, I just know you're going to single leg me and then get side control and then get knee on belly and then get mount. And then she would do it, of course, and play it out on me. Um, and it became like a joke. I was like, like, oh no. And then she would just do it. Um, and then we also practiced here at the house, uh, you know, lay down, someone's on top of you. Scramble back, get to your guard. Once you have your guard, put your feet in this, push away, and get back up. And uh, so right away, she comes out, little wrestling stance, and she grabs the kid's arms, and she moves his arms. She gets his leg. She spins him, spins him, spins him, and single legs him to the ground. And then from there, the kid went to turn around. She jumps right on his back, and she gets seatbelt control, and she's holding on to his back. And the match went on, and a couple other things happened, and uh, she winds up winning the match pretty handedly. She was on the kid's back a bunch of times. And then, um, then cut to the second match, you know, she again, beaming on top of the world when she wins the match and like, you see her look at her face like, Oh, this isn't so scary. So then she goes to her next match and again, her next match, she wins pretty handily. This time the kid takes her down Like they're both going for takedown. She winds up on the bottom and you see like, uh Oh, but she gets right back to her guard. Like she was supposed to, she presses on his head, puts his feet or feet on his hips and just whoop right around by, by his back, gets his back again. And um, she was holding on to him and being all strong about it. And again, the kid got out a couple of times. She got his back again and again. And she kept like getting, getting behind him, getting his back, getting behind him, getting his back. And um, that I, I forget exactly how many matches she had. I she had three or four. Um, but she gets all the way into the 
the first and second place match. And I walk over to my wife at a certain point. I was like, this little girl who two days ago was telling me to unsign her up for the tournament, she's going home with a medal. She's going home and she's gonna she's gonna have a medal when she gets home. She's definitely placing gold or silver. And um, it was it was crazy. So then the first place match happens. And this is the first time she had some real adversity. The kid took her down and he got the mount position on her. So he's sitting on her chest and he's got his belly right on her face. And to her credit, she was doing exactly what I asked her to do. She was trying to push his knees open and get to guard. And she scrambled a little butt out a couple of times, and he would just get right back on top. And she scrambled out a couple of times, and he would get right back on top. And the kid was very good with his top pressure and everything. He did a very good job. But to me, and this may be the, whole, the highlight of the whole tournament experience for me, Riley, she's laying there, the kid's belly's on her face, like I said. And I see her little red face is all red from working, and she turns her head to where I'm sitting. Like I see she's kind of squished and I was expecting to see tears. And she looks at me and she makes this big smile on her face, sticks her tongue out under her mouth, just mm, and gives me a thumbs up. And it goes right back to working. And I was like, perfect, perfect. Because that girl, she learned to not let the fear be the boss. And of course she winds up losing that match, but winning second place, she gets her medal and she was wearing that thing around like she's a celebrity. And she was showing everybody and all of her friends. And a bunch of her friends came to watch her compete, which was great. Uh, Grandpa was very excited for both kids, by the way. Uh, and nonetheless, she goes on to kickbox. And kickboxing, she was a little more nervous about. And she's been doing that a lot a lot shorter of a time. So I didn't expect I, I didn't expect anything other than that. And she goes out. And there's a little bit of shell shock when the kid starts to come out. I'm like, whoa, whoa. But she starts throwing. And the kid is outworking her just a little bit. But she's throwing good combinations, landing her hands and her kicks nicely. And again, didn't win the match, but she skips off the mat. Big old smile on her face, super relaxed, happy as could be. And again, was she with a great referee who I knew was going to take care of her? Of course. But more than that, she left the mat feeling so positive. And she left the mat feeling so positive, not because she won, not because she lost, not because it was over, because she did not let fear be the boss. And I, 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 there was a time sitting in the chair where I called her over and I just I hugged her so tight and I was talking to her about how proud I was of her. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I didn't even care if you won today. I cared that you didn't let fear be the boss. And I'm like, who was the boss today? She's a little mouthpiece and smiles when she goes, I was the boss today. Exactly. She was the boss of fear. And it was such a beautiful experience for me because I got to see the other end of the table. You know, I, with Kai, I got to see it a little bit last tournament because he competed but it was seven days notice he wasn't like really like living with me in the whole build up to it we didn't have the whole build up to it there was no build up it was seven days and then he was competing um whereas now with him and with riley i had this whole build up over the past several months and i had the whole conversation about having to be the boss of fear and all of that and i got to experience firsthand what I tell people about the tournament all the time. Training for a goal, the anxiety that's going to build up with having that date in a calendar that you're going to fight somebody. And then having to rise to that moment, having to having to overcome that fear and do well in the face of it. And how important that is. Because it was super, super important to me that the kids got that experience to get out there, to face their fear, and to most importantly, be able to, in spite of fear, do what they had to do anyway. Because I know in their life, they're going to spend so many, there's going to be so many times in their life that fear is going to sneak up on them, whether they expect it or not. There's going to be so many things that they're going to do in life that are going to make them afraid. But the question becomes, will they let fear be the boss or will they be the boss of fear? So 
I'm proud to say that it was a successful tournament experience for both kids, and it has nothing to do with the medals they brought home. It has to do with the fact that they competed like champions. They went out there, did not let fear be the factor. What beat them was other good martial artists. You know, even when Kai let a, let a kid, he might have been able to beat, beat him. He learned a lesson from that, and I think he'll compete even better next time. Uh, and the beautiful thing about it is they're both very excited to go back in June, which I'm very happy about because I want them to compete over and over and over again. Like I did not, I'll be the first one to admit, I didn't start competing early enough in my martial arts career. I wish I, looking back, I wish I had changed that. I wish I had competed more often. It would have done wonders for me in a, in a lot of the things I went on to do later in my martial arts career. But nonetheless, um, <clears throat> It wasn't for lack of my instructor trying. I just never saw myself as that person. And I should have gotten into it sooner. And I, looking back, if there's anything I change in my martial arts career, that's definitely one thing I would definitely change. I would compete earlier and a lot more because it would have done so much more for me. And that's why I'm happy to have the kids doing it now because I know how valuable it will be for them. So it get, this gives me even more ammunition now for when I'm talking next year about the tournament as to why I think every parent whose kid is at a level where I think they can handle it, why they should do it. If they have a schedule conflict, okay. But otherwise, they should be competing all the time because it's only going to help that kid. It's only going to make them better. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Sensei underscore Leonelli. You can see a whole post I wrote about the stories I just told you and a picture of me and the kids with Tiger Shulman on both Facebook and Instagram. You can find my school online, tskSmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On Twitter, Instagram at tsma underscore Smithtown. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. You can find everywhere I am on the internet at linktree, linktr.ee slash senseileonelli. There, you can find out about this massive food drive we are doing across Long Island, and you can donate right online. So if you would like to help Long Island Cares feed the families of Long Island in need for this holiday season, go to my linktree, click the link, donate right online. Or you can join us at Flex Fights on Saturday and do exactly the same thing. Flex Fights information in my link tree as well. Find the podcast on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. Make sure that you guys leave a rate and review. Just helps. Make sure that you guys subscribe. Get your new episodes every Wednesday. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, sponsorship opportunities are available. Reach out to me. But speaking of advertising, the most important thing you guys can do for me, the only form of advertising I have is you guys sharing the podcast. So I very much appreciate it when I see you do it. Please continue to do so. It's the only form of advertising I have. So with that in mind, my friends, until next time, before I sign off, make sure you tune into Flex Fights this Saturday, 12-9. It's going to be on throwdownsports.com or come out to the venue, see us live. I'll review that next week. Other than that, my friends, until next time, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.